And now, Ben Diesel, the voice and Reyes. Welcome back to the BDSM show. That's Billy Devo talks sports and manliness. As usual, I'm Billy. I'm Devo. You can. Thanks for turning in. Thanks for coming back. Nice to see you again. Um, you can find us on Facebook. We keep hovering right around that 100 like mark. I don't yes. know if people are messing with me or what because it's hit 100 like at least three times. Yes, I keep getting that like milestone hey, notification. I'm like, okay, well. It's pretty pitiful that only 100 people like my page. Yeah. And me and my wife are two of them. (laughs) (laughs) And my co-host here, you probably like them. I'm going to start signing up for fake Facebook accounts and liking it. Yeah. So I'll look better for my self-esteem. It'll boost us up the the rankings. Yeah. Is that like a thing? Wait, we get judged? I don't know, but uh, yeah, I guess you and your wife, Facebook page. me and my wife, uh, my sister-in-law, so that's at least 10%, 5% of the, the vote is <laughs> our immediate family. <laughs> now, we are recording a day late. Yes, and you want to tell them why? It's not my fault yeah, this time. It's, it's not Billy's fault this time, it's Devo's fault. Yes, it is. I was putting the boy to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I was so good at putting him to sleep that I also put myself to sleep. Yes. And then woke up and then went back to sleep. Then I woke up and then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm up, I'm up. Yeah. And Billy texts me again like five minutes later. He's like, you went back to sleep, didn't you? Basically. (laughs) Then I saw it like 530 in the morning. I'm like, oh, it's too late to start the podcast now. Yeah, about that. So, So anyway, it's my bad. But we're here, you know what? That's behind us. We're moving forward amicably. Focused on the future. Focused on the future. The past brought us here and now to make a successful podcast. Although this is take number two. At least. Take number one got about three seconds in. Yeah. And then well, Billy busted. Te- technically, take number one started on one side and not on the other. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even push record. Yeah, so this is take number so three. Like take take 2. two for 5. you. Take three for me. So, but the other ones, we only got like a few seconds in before right. Billy started laughing and or we figured out that I did not push record. Correct. Yes. So, you know, this whole podcasting thing, it's like, it's not a perfect, not a perfect science. I know it comes off as perfect every week when you listen it to does. it. You're like, fuck, these guys are awesome. This is Man, perfect. This, this is, is professional. That's uh, the shiniest turd I ever saw. Yeah. Uh, this is just a little insight into it. It's not a perfect world. As awesome as it sounds, it's not always perfect. I know. I tried to tell Billy to keep the last take, but he uh, already stopped it yeah. too fast. So. Um, I did go and see Batman vs. Superman. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert. Doomsday is the bad guy. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't thought, know if you saw that. I thought, or, I thought Batman and or Superman were the bad guys, depending on which side you were on. Um, also true. Gotcha. Um. Batman versus Superman. Did you know they end up fighting in that movie? They the, fight each other? That's unreal. Superheroes I wouldn't know. fight each other. Spoiler alert again. They uh, fight. In my mind, 
Well, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you who I think won or would have won. Batman. Um, okay, spoiler. I mean, I do think it would have been Batman. I haven't seen it, so I'm just throwing shit at the wall, but Batman. Well, let me let me ask you this. In IRL, real life, Henry Cavill versus Ben Affleck, go. Henry Cavill. Really? Yes. Have you seen that dude? He's fucking jacked. Yeah, have you seen Batman? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> I have seen ben Batman. Ben Affleck? Yeah, Plus I just Ben don't. Affleck gets like the automatic run-in from Matt Damon. Yeah, chair. I, that's true, but I just... I, give me Cavill. Reindeer Games, he's so tough. Give me Cavill, or Cavill, or however it's pronounced. I thought it was Cavill. He's a fucking... I'm sorry for cursing. He's a very attractive man. He's he's quite dreamy. Yeah, that's a dreamy bastard. Yeah. If I was a girl and or a gay man, I'd here's, make love to that Here's guy. the thing. Cavill? 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 Let's go with Henry. Henry doesn't have a butt chin, so... That's true. He's got that going for him. I feel like if you have a butt chin, it's automatically a glass chin. Uh, no offense to anybody I know that might have a butt chin. I don't know, but... Do we know anybody with a butt chin? I don't think so. Not like a Brian. hardcore butt chin like Batfleck. Brian... <laughs> Brian B, he has one. That's a dreamy bastard, though. Brian B. He used to date a mutual friend of ours. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah I know who he's talking like about Yankees now. Fan, yeah. like, he's a good guy. Martinez hang out all the time. He moved out to Colorado. Yeah, he's a good dude. From yeah, I, he, I've only hung out with him a few times, but he seems like a genuinely nice person. Yeah, I got a funny story about that guy. Um, we I've hung out with him probably ten or twelve times, and we went to the uh, Florida State game up at Florida State. Right, and um, we rode the shuttle to the park because the parking lot they put us in was like ten miles away from the stadium. Yeah, so we had to ride a shuttle. And um, on the way back, my dad's like, you know, we stopped at this like they had a big restroom out there in the parking lot so that there wasn't like you know pee and poo everywhere. Sure. And we stopped at the bathroom. My dad comes out. He's like, hey, this guy rode the the you know. He bought the, or he rode on the bus with me. And, you know, he seems like a fun guy. I was like, yeah, that's Brian. And my dad's like, oh, you know him? Nice. And then my dad sold, he bought four tickets for Notre Dame. Yes, I remember that one. Where he sold he, two tickets? He sold two online. Brian bought them. It turned out to be Brian, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I do remember that one. That's pretty cool. It's a small world. Yes. Um, Let's see here. I bought my Civil War tickets. Yeah. May 6th, 10 o'clock, Hyde Park Center Bistro. Nice. I will be there. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to figure out something where we can we can go fairly early on and not wait yeah, like four weeks or something. You cannot wait four weeks. You know, like maybe go down to I Naples and have see if my parents watch the kids and we'll go to like the fancy theater with the recliners and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, we I may have to do that. I forbid you to wait. You're going to have to see it before... Tuesday. Or because you're going to ruin it for everybody? Yep. Well, I, for you, at I least. F- I feel like we have to wait a week or two before we really spoil it on the podcast. It gives do, some people a like, chance to, to see it at, at least. At least have our pre-podcast circle jerk where we talk about it. Yeah, we can do that for sure. So I'm already circle jerking about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Exactly. I'm halfway there. Yeah. I'm like, um, uh, I'm, I'm at about nine o'clock. Back's been hurting lately. That's how I'm getting old. Sure. Back hurts. 
like an old man, I get out of my chair and I'm like, uh. well, you know, they do say once you have forty, you just start to to decline. Uh, not forty yet, just so we were clear on that. <laughs> Are you sure? Because you seem like you're forty. Oh, my back feels like it's forty. Maybe it's because I'm so fat. Oh, <laughs> could be it. I don't know. My knees feel like I'm fifty, but I'm not very spry. Um, one of the previews for Batman vs Superman was uh, Lego Batman. Yes, looks fantastic. It does. Yeah, I was watching. Uh, I watched. I think I watched dropped, it at work with a couple friend work buddies. They, they dropped two more trailers. Yeah, and the second trailer dr- breaks the fourth wall. Nice. Where yeah. Batman's talking directly to... I think that's what I to, saw. He's like, listen up, super nerds, because you t- tweeted about it enough. He's like, we released a second trailer. He's like, because I'm Batman, I can release two trailers in one week. Yeah. I think it's perfect. I, I'm glad, because there's already, like, Lego Batman movies. Um, right. In fact, we've got one recorded on our DVR. Is but the, um, one with the Justice League? I think it might be. Whether He's like, no, I don't want to join your stupid superhero club. I don't remember, but um, I like that they're taking the Will Arnett Batman. Yes, and going forward Chan with that. I hope Chan Tatum and um, Jonah Hill come back as as Superman and Green Lantern. Yes, I know Zach Galifianakis is the Joker, so that'll be interesting. Oh, that's be great. Yeah, I can't wait. It looks. Let me go back to my list here. Oh, one more uh, news article I wanted to mention. Yes, that I go read. Ahead. Bubba the Love Sponge is a chump. Isn't well that he's in court now. Yes, I saw this earlier. Testifying on behalf of MJ or Tajnit, his arch nemesis, that he, uh, you know, had this like ten-year-long battle that everyone seems so interested in. Yeah, when he came back to the Tampa market and started insulting everybody, and MJ got butt hurt. So um, now he's, I guess. MJ is suing his attorney for uh, malpractice. Because here's what happens. So the guy went to court to sue Bubba, right? Racked yep. up $2 million in legal fees. Well, yeah, because this was going on. I mean, they they finally, the case got settled. I mean, guys got disbarred. Got, There's been t- attorneys disbarred over this already. Yeah, they finally got a judgment in the case, like, what, two years ago? Yeah. And, I mean, the case was opened back in, like, 2008, Yep. So this has been, this wrangling has been going back and forth for, it went back and forth for like six years. So, so of course MJ there's a gigantic fee. Ended up owing like two million bucks, right? They paid, apparently they paid a million bucks already. Yeah, and then refused to pay the other half. And then the attorney's office decided that they would sue him to get the rest of their money. Yeah, naturally. And now he's in turn filed a countersuit. Yes. To get all of the money back for... Um, for malpractice, because uh, I guess uh, you know it was—it's a big, it's a huge shit show, and it's already going to like the Supreme Court because I guess Bubba's attorneys staged a DUI setup for for MJ's attorneys, and it was just yes, like, it was uh, Phil, guy, Phil Campbell, yeah, who had previously um, represented Bubba, yes, represented Bubba when he was with Clear Channel back in the day. Um, the Diaco, I think it is, and his boys, uh, had one of their paralegals 
meet oh, super Phil, chick. Phil Campbell at the bar and load him up on drinks and then asked him to move her car for her. And then they had a cop on speed dial and was like, hey, he's going to be drunk driving here at this time. Show up and pull him over. So I'm pretty sure, I don't remember if the cop got fired or if he got reassigned. I want to say he got shit canned. And then uh, they had a big court case over the attorneys setting this up. And Diaco has already been disbarred. And the other two are in front of the Supreme Court. And and basically the Supreme Court has their fate in their hands. Yeah, that's going to be pretty incredible that these just all over these two dickheads arguing over whose radio show was better. Yeah, all over Bubba calling his wife a whore or something. Or he had said she was whoring herself out. On radio. Now there's millions of dollars in legal fees being tossed around, people being disbarred, cops losing their jobs. Anyway, I thought it was interesting that Bubba was testifying on behalf of uh, MJ. Right. Because he doesn't like the attorney because he thinks the attorney, uh, you know, had a huge conflict of interest, which I could totally see. You know, Uh, I mean, yeah, but it's it's. If he's on, if he is on the staff that Clear Channel kind of retains, you know, because at that point MJ was with Clear Channel, and Bubba was with Cox Radio, so it's it's like if that's if that's who Clear Channel goes to, when they have legal issues, I what's, yeah, but what is you can't argue no for a guy's character and then against a guy's character. I you know what I mean. I could see that if it was like back to back cases, but we're talking over like a decade. That's true. You know, and and again, he's representing or defending or whatever. He's representing Clear Channel. He's not representing specifically MJ. MJ's not the one writing the check at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's I don't see I I don't see the conflict of interest there that Bubba's trying to play. I get why he would think that because he's simple-minded. And yeah, that is true. But I think if you look at it from the standpoint of Phil Campbell defended him when he was with Clear Channel, and now he's working for MJ, who was with Clear Channel, there's not a conflict of interest there. He's representing Clear Channel. So that's what it is. He's representing the media group as opposed to the individual. You know, and when he was defending Bubba, he wasn't defending Bubba because he loves Bubba and hopes he stays on the radio and gets that fat paycheck. (laughs) He's defending Clear Channel because of shit that Bubba did on the air for Clear Channel. So I don't, I mean, I, I could, again, I could see why Bubba would think, okay, there's a conflict of interest and clearly this guy's a scumbag, but there's not. I, I think if you look at it from the standpoint of he was working for Clear Channel, there's no conflict of interest. So I did find it curious that he was willing to testify in favor of his his buddy, but with the case with Gawker and Hulk Hogan, he wanted nothing to do with it. There was no way he was getting on the record. Yeah. He refused to testify. It says, yes. So, um, I, that's all I had for intro this week. Hey, uh, I'm going to a race game tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah, my boss told me last week that uh, I could have today off as long as I went to the race game with him. So Um, what it is, he's a married man with three kids. Thank you very much. Just just, Um, make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. Our company has 
seats behind the plate. So they have they have tickets every year. You know, they got the spring training season tickets, and then sure. for the the minor league affiliate that plays there, they've got season tickets. The old stone crabs. Um, and they're behind home plate. It's like third or fourth row behind the plate. Oh so yeah, you can't beat that. He goes, yeah. He goes, hey, you want to go to a baseball game? And I'm like, maybe. And he's like, you can have the day off. It's like, yes, just, just go to the baseball game. I'm like, okay, now we're talking. <laughs> So, um, yeah, me and my boss and one of our editors, another one of our editors backed out, but I think there's going to be three of us there just taking in the ball game. And it's the, uh, the last spring training game here in Charlotte. So, uh, I, I believe they move on either to play somebody else in their pro stadium or play somebody in Tropicana field. You know, that's funny. Um, the Rays home opener is against Toronto. Yeah. And they don't even have to fly. They're just going to go straight from Dunedin over to the Trub. Well, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you're going to open the season against somebody in Florida, you might as well just take the bus yeah. there. And yep. So they don't even have to travel. Because they got all their shit with them. Yeah. Yep. You know, they're, they're, ready to go. they're packed for a month. So, um, yeah, it should should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Just to take in baseball. I don't give a shit. They're playing the Pirates. So, I mean, I don't give a shit for either team, but... It's free. For the sake and of free it's baseball. Good seats. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's good. You know, you're in there with the boss. Yep, absolutely. So maybe he'll buy you the drinks. Could potentially, yeah. Remember that time we we sat front row? No, it was second row. Was it second row or front row? Where Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When you guys came down, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. It was uh I believe it was second row. I think Jen was pregnant at that point. She might have been, yeah. Because we made her carry the whiskey. Yes. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was one of the games you were there when I was heckling the other team and got one guy's attention. And, like, once once somebody responds, the heckling only gets worse. It only gets worse. <laughs> so, um, I don't remember if it was when you guys were down there, but they were playing the one of the Cardinals minor league affiliates. No, we were playing Fort Myers Red Sox. Um, and the batter, he went to swing and he he checked his swing, but still made contact and like grounded out to the shortstop, and like threw his hands up in the air like what the fuck, and so I from the from like the second row yelled out next time finish the swing. And he turned and looked, and I'm like, oh, so you're the guy that's going to respond. You're my bitch for the rest of the night. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so the next time he got up, he he got a full swing in. And he grounded out to the shortstop, and I yelled, never mind. I guess the full swing didn't help. And he looked over again. So he got on base his third time, and uh, I don't remember what I yelled. But he went, and he turned to uh, say something back. And the coach actually stepped in and was like, buddy, listen. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Tune it out. What are you doing? You know, like it, the coach was probably telling him the same thing. Like if you respond, if you look and they see you you yeah, are bothered by you. it, that's it. That's done. You know, that that's that's the point of heckling is to like try and get a guy out of his game. So... That I was clearly in that guy's head because I don't even think he got on by hit. He got on by like a walk or something. 
<laughs> but he had he had a rough game. And I think overall they had a rough game. I think the Stone Crabs ended up winning that game, but it's fun. That's the fun thing about like the minor league parks is it's a far more intimate setting. You know, than like a pro stadium, like you don't have 40,000 people slam packed in there. Yep. And you know, like the the seats are pretty much right on top of the field. Yeah, that was a neat little stadium put together. And, uh, well. It is. It's that's the fun thing about those those type of stadiums is there's uh, a higher level of interaction, I would say, between the players oh, yeah. and the fans. You know, what I don't understand is why they sign autographs. Like, why is a grown man down there getting an autograph from a nineteen year old? That's true. Like, I think it, they it do. Just creeps me out. I think they do it with the hopes that like the kid hits it big and they're like, oh, I got his minor league autograph. Yeah. I don't care if you have King Griffey Jr.'s minor league autograph. Right. Like, if you're if you're a forty year old man and you had King Griffey sign your glove when he was nineteen, yeah, I feel like you're still an asshole. Sure. Um, I think it's another story. If like you're getting it for your kid, you well, know, then your you, kid goes down there and you stand yeah. behind him and you're like, go ahead, go ask him, go ahead. Yeah, if your kid's up front with it, um, or maybe your kid is the intimidated type. You know, I mean, the shy and type and doesn't want to go up there. He's not going to be like, Dad, I really need the third baseman for the Stone Crabs autograph. Sure. I get that. Um, I did see pictures of the USF baseball team signing autographs for uh, fans. Some grown, some kids. If you're, You know but, what? If it's your kid, then you can go down there and ask for an autograph. How about that? Sure. If your kid plays on the team, you can go down there and ask any one of them for an autograph. Sure. Like, get a get, see. I think that though. You hey have, Finn, your dad's here asking for another autograph. Hey yeah, Finn. Yeah, I I think um, if you are the father of someone on the team, you just have them bring a ball and get the team to sign it. <laughs> you know, like you shouldn't oh, yeah. have to go down to the field and fanboy it out. Hey George, <laughs> what's it's, up, Jimmy? It's, it's Finn's me? dad here. <laughs> Can you sign me? this ball for me? <laughs> I always had Sunny D at my house. You remember right. me? Hey. Remember Jimmy? Jimmy, come! Oh, he, I don't think he can. He can't hear me. <laughs> I thought he looked at me, but I thought, he, he I, must but not have. It's me. Uh, pizza rolls? No. Okay. Uh, I'll, Bagel I'll bites. Talk I'll talk to you later. Right. So yeah, I I don't know. I'm not really. I never really go super fanboy. Over sure. Like autographs. I always feel like I'm like hassling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. If you ask for an autograph, I always feel like you're like or removing the person from like whatever normal thing that they were doing, like having dinner or walking to their car. You know. Sure, I think I think outside the stadium, if you're hounding people for autographs, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> you're a jerk off. Yeah, like if you're the type that goes up to you recognize an athlete in public and you go up to him and like, hey man, can you sign this? You're a dick. That man's nope. just going about his normal life. Now, What's if it? you catch him, say. On the field. Right, in know, the uniform. Between the warning track and, and home plate <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I get that, okay? You get an autograph there. But it, if you're pestering the guy when he's in when private, he's and even... At the post like, office. This, like this. Trying to ship some eBay stuff. Yeah, even if he's walking through Target, it's a public joint. That's still his private time. You now, know? Like, what about he's not asking for a selfie? Because that's kind of the new autograph, is asking for a selfie. I, I see. I I find that weird. Even 
be like, bro, you want? Will you take a selfie with me? Yeah, I feel like that's just, kind of an ussy instead of a selfie. Sure, I I still think that's weird. Like, try to sneak one. You got him in the background. Let's take a picture. One. Take Please. a selfie with him in the background. Like, look who was here. Target. I I saw him there. I saw one of, of Bernie Sanders. This lady took. He was sleeping in. He was riding coach, which is respectable. And a dude was just chin in a chest sleeping. Sure. Like, He's a human being. She took a picture of him in his sleep. That's like super creep shot. That's a creep shot. I think if you <laughs> right. see if you see someone in public. And you don't think people will believe you, and you feel the need for people to believe you. Take a quick selfie. Like, oh, look, he really was there. But to stop uh, and be like, hey, hey, you take a selfie with me? It is weird. <laughs> it's just I, strange. Uh, I, I, saw, I saw work done one time. I was, I was at Reeves dropping off uh, Jen's mom's car. Yep. Reeves is a, uh, an import luxury dealer car dealer here. Right. I was dropping. She had a. Her mom had a BMW for a while, and I was dropping it off and for service, oil change or something. I don't know. And work done was there dropping off his uh, Porsche Cayenne. Yep. And uh, he was walking out, and I was walking in. And I was like, I just said, I was like, like it took me back for a second. I was like, oh, I was like, what's up, work? And he's like, hey man, what's up? And that was it. And I was like, man, that was cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like that was, you know, like I feel like I didn't cross the line there. Sure. Well, and, and then, like when we were at the football game, uh, the last USF game, and uh, Coach Taggart was in the tunnel right below us, and I just yelled, Coach, and he looked up, and, you know, I held Bub up and said, Bub, show him the horns, and he threw the horns back. Like, yep. you, you're not stopping him in public and, and being weird. Yeah, you're not impeding him, yep. And when he threw the horns back, I felt like I couldn't breathe for a few seconds. <laughs> you, you fanboyed. <laughs> oh, I did. I geeked the fuck out. I um I met Derek Brooks one time. Yeah, and Jen were at Hooters, and uh, we were sitting at the bar, and old D Brooks came and sat right next to me. Nice. And I was like looking at him, and I was like, I was like, I'm told Jen, I kind of rolled over. I was like, I'm pretty sure, I'm ninety percent sure, that's Derek Brooks. And then he put his other hand up on the counter, and the ring was on it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's Derek Brooks. That's Derek Brooks. That's Derek Brooks. Yeah. And uh, that was right when all the Florida State Bobby Bowden stuff was going down. Right. So after dinner and after he was done eating, I was, you know, I kind of went over and was like, what's up, Derek? And he's like, hey, man. I was like, a shame about Bobby, right? Which I don't really give a shit about Bobby. Yeah. But I just But you know to... he does. Right, right, right. And he's like, yeah, sure is. I was like, all right, see you, buddy. And he's like, thanks, man. And that was it. Yeah. See, I think they, they, <laughs> they appreciate fan interactions like that, where it's just like a brief, you know, like, a couple you know, sentences, little back and up. forth, and and out, and and not like, hey man, oh, oh my god, man, Bro, do you remember that time? Oh my fucking Remember that time you laid out Jerome Bettis? That was so awesome. <laughs> I got I got a framed picture of that hit who's <laughs> on my wall. <laughs> Let me ask you: In two thousand and three, when you were playing the Giants, why did you go in the two gap instead of the three gap? <laughs> Oh, man, you remember that game in college, man? <laughs> oh, and you had, like, 16 tackles and, like, five sacks and three touchdowns, man? Oh, man, it you was awesome. That? That was awesome. And we were awesome then. Derek is like, um, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. <laughs> so, you got any other – I'm trying to think of any other, like, cool fan interactions. I met Undertaker one time when I nice. worked at Malibu. Malibu. Yeah. I met – 
He seems met, like he would be kind of a down to earth type of dude. He was fine. Yep. Like he seems like a country type dude. He was. He looked like. I mean, he still looked biker because of all the tats and the long hair. Right. Um, but he was. I mean, he was just jeans and boots and t-shirt kind of guy. You know. Yeah. He had his kid there, and they were riding the go karts. We had to put him in the two seater. Nice. Because he was just too big of a bastard. Well, of course, he's like fucking seven feet tall. I met Warren Sapp when he was a rookie. Yeah. Did he nice try to as, rape you? Nope. Nice as could be to me. Right. You know, he didn't say no flicks, bitch, or whatever. He just, I was like, <laughs> I was like he, he was, um, he was fucking massive. Like, I remember him walking away and I was like, God, I could make a tent out of that shirt. Right. <laughs> and was uh, I, was like, I was like, oh my God, you're Warren Sapp. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I was like, well, welcome to Tampa, buddy. He's like, sweet. And he went to the batting cage. Nice. See, that's the nice thing about Tampa. It's like it's a big city, and there are plenty of of opportunities to run into public figures like that, like just in a natural way. Uh huh. But it's not fucking New York, <laughs> right. which is just a pain in the ass. Right. You know, and where everybody's a fucking jerk off. I met Chris Jericho one time. Yeah. At a bar, I tried to buy him a beer. He wouldn't take it. He seems like a really cool type dude too. He did. From, he bought. He from bought what I've heard beer. on the radio. You know, like I've I've heard him on a few of the local radio shows, and he just seems like a fucking cool ass dude to hang out with. Yeah, we saw him at it was back in when Channel Side was big, and it was that huge video game bar, GameStop, not GameStop, Pop City maybe. Uh doesn't ring a bell. I don't remember anyway. He was in there, and I it was like during the day, and me and a couple of buddies were off that day. We went over and saw him. I was like, oh, can we buy you a beer? And he's like, no. He's like, I'm rich. <laughs> Makes sense. And I was like, well, we're big fans. He's like, thanks, fellas. And then on his way out, the the server brought us beers. And she's like, they're from him. And he waved on the way out the door. Nice. I was like, fantastic. What a swell guy. Yeah. I heard a good story about Matt Stafford one time uh, just being like a straight up decent dude, like huge tips and all that kind of stuff. You know. Sure. Well, you know what? His first contract he signed was $50 million guaranteed. So <laughs> Good for him. If he's not tipping fucking 30% on everything, he's 30. a dick. Some of those guys tip huge, and some of those guys tip like fucking jerk-offs. Well, yeah, like LeSean McCoy didn't tip on the the one burger joint a couple years back, and they, they made a big deal out of it and tried to say that he was being a dick to their staff and not the other way around. And There's a kid, and Jason will, will tweet me or correct me, that lives in Spring Hill, and uh-huh. I guess he just played like, he did like his, his rookie contract, and that was it in the NFL. Yeah. And um, I guess the guy did pretty well. You know, he like you know invested his money. He's not broke, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Sure. And I guess all the, he's known around Spring Hill because that's where his folks live. Yeah. T- to tip like you know 100 percent on like every time he goes somewhere, he tips like 100 percent. Well, I feel like if you got it and the service isn't awful, and you're in the why not? You know, it's your neighborhood, right? Yeah. So it's not like you're in New York City. You know, given some steward, some you know server who makes a hundred grand a year at a fancy restaurant, right? You know, a good tip. You're make you're making somebody's week or their month. Sure. You know, but I, I feel like if I had money like that and I ate frequently at like a mom and pop joint, I would all yeah, the time. Take care of them. Because I, that, like you said, makes their week, makes their month. You yeah, know, for sure, it's, it's something easy you can do, and it's not that much money. I mean. Seriously, you know, you're a millionaire. What's what's the difference between, you know, a fifty dollar meal and a hundred dollar meal? Right. In in uh, 
on, on top of that, the next time you come in, they're going to bend over backwards. Right. They're going to take care of you. Yeah. yeah. They'll be like, oh, remember last time he came in, you know, he dropped a 50 on a $40 bill. Right. Exactly. So. And uh, so then you'll never see iced tea on your uh, on your bill again. Iced tea's on the sure. house. <laughs> so um, let's see here. That's all I got. Man, we went. Stretch it on out. You want to get into sports? Let's get into sports. We don't have much sports. Right. Just talk a little baseball. Um, Billy yeah. po- Billy posted a little teaser of our text messaging. Yes. Yes, I did. He screenshotted me. Little sass mouth ass bitch. <laughs> whoa. Whoa, you sound all tough now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I, like your tone, sir. I am you're talking to me all wrong. I'm pretty sure that I expressed that in our conversation there. I you did not appreciate said, your tone. I don't like the tone. You you do it again, I'll stab you in the face with a soldering iron. That's a pretty good Christopher Walken. Yeah. Well I can do that movie, you know. <laughs> That's good. I'm I'm impressed. You're usually not you're usually not impression guy. No, I've got a couple that I can do. Typically like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I feel yeah, like everybody can do Arnold. Yeah, but yours is fun. You do it with such enthusiasm. I don't. You don't have to do it now because you'll wake up the kids. Cause you right. Yeah. Because it's loud. We'll have to like pre-record that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of those things, like, if you do an Arnold impression, it has to be loud, because Arnold's a big yeah, mouth motherfucker. He's not usually a whisper kind of guy. Yeah, there's none of this, I'm a copy idiot. <laughs> it's not a tumor. Get to the chopper. <laughs> oh, we should <laughs> whispering. We should do, like, a whole whispering Arnold segment. Oh, I think it'd be great. Thank Give you for calling that. Arnold's Pizza Shop. Kill me now. What are you waiting for? I had a, there was a, a soundboard or like an audio clip a while back of uh, Arnold's Pizza Shop. And I don't know if you've ever heard it, but he's like, basically, if you want a pizza with nine millimeter bullets on it, I can do that for you. And if you want a pizza with pepperoni, forget it and stuff like that. And I changed my voicemail to me doing an impression of that. And my mom called me and it went to voicemail and she hung up. And she called again and left the voicemail and said she thought she got the wrong number the first time <laughs> because Arnold's Pizza Shop picked up. She was confused. <laughs> it's like, mission accomplished. Because if you don't know me, if you're just calling me as some, like, fucking robocall. Like, why would your mom know you? You know, that's, you don't deserve to think you got the right number. Arnold's Pizza Shop. Um, yeah. All right, so let's go back to baseball. Sorry. Sure. We both made a similar prediction. Well, yeah. Yeah. We both picked the AL East. Yes. And we both picked the Cubs. For the World Series, yep. Yep. Um, I Where predicted we my AL East team to win in Game 7. Right. Where we differ is who, who you pick for it and who I pick for it from the I, East. I picked your local Tampa Bay Rays. Sure. Yeah, the local team that's not going to win it. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I, on the other hand, in a totally unbiased fashion, picked the Red Sox to beat the Cubs in the World Series. And if I had to put a number on it as far as number of games, 
I guess I would say four. Four. Wow. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think a series like that would go at least six. And I'll say I initially I initially put down the Giants only because it's an even year, and even years typically mean at least for like the last fucking six years. Uh, even years mean Giants World Series. <laughs> Tim so. Lincecum, does he still pitch there? No, I think he's retired now. He might still retired. That kid's I, like twenty. Yeah, he started losing his stuff. He wasn't as overpowering as he used to be, so he might have retired. Maybe he's still pitching. I don't know. Their last World Series run, he was coming out of the bullpen after being a Cy Young winner as a starter. So, so um, as far as as far as awards, I'll go ahead and make a couple predictions. Okay. Uh, the AL MVP. I've got as again totally unbiased here, David Ortiz. A farewell tour. Yeah, he's going to win the MVP in his final season. Go out on top. Sure. On the National League side, I have Bryce Harper, who I think is is by far the best position player in the National League. Uh, he was the MVP last year on a team that I don't think even made the playoffs. I think the Nationals missed out on the playoffs. Um, but he's a great player. And he seems to get better every year. So, I mean, if he won MVP last year and he gets better, he's going to be like the super MVP. Uh, as far as the Cy Youngs in the National League, I got uh, Cubs pitcher Jake Arrieta, who actually quietly put up Cy Young numbers last year, um, but didn't end up taking it. And in the American League, I've got a little-known guy named David Price, who happens to be... Uh, my favorite player ever and always has been. <laughs> always has been. Uh, he's actually with a new team this year. I don't know if you if you had seen that, but he's with the Red Sox this year. So it's, it's fortunate for me that my favorite player finally came to my favorite team. And um, I'm not being biased when I say he's going to win the Cy Young. I'm definitely not. He, I mean, he's good. Yeah. He's, pretty, he's a pretty good pitcher. Yeah, uh, for sure. He's, he's due for... Uh, 31 million a year for the next seven years or something like that. So I feel like he has to win the Cy Young every year, every year to kind of validate that. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a, a lot, lot of money. money. Yeah. Um, as far as rookie of the year, um, in the American league, it's going to be a little known guy on the rise, David Ortiz. <laughs> rookie of the year. <laughs> 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 I only say him because I, I can't think of any Red Sox players coming up that would qualify for that. So I think they're just going to go, listen, it's his last year, and he's clearly MVP. Let's just make him Rookie of the Year, too. Um, on the NL side, it's going to be a little-known guy named David Ortiz. <laughs> Traded for one day. I'm back. <laughs> he's... I don't even. Th- no, they're not going to try. They're just based on what he does in the National League parks this season. And I'm going to be like, yeah, it's his his last season. He wrecked shit in the National League parks, and he won the American League MVP and the Rookie of the Year. So we might as well just make him National League Rookie of the Year. Uh, Manager of the Year is going to be David Price. On the American League side, even though he's not a manager, he's going to be so amazing that they're going to give him manager of the year. Also, American League executive of the year is going to be David Price. Okay. On the National League side, the manager of the year will probably be, I think Joe Madden won it last year, did he not? 
I, I think, think he did because he, he took the Cubs to the playoffs. I think he wins it again because he's going to take the Cubs to the World Series. I agree. Um, and then I think executive of the year is going to be Theo Epstein again. And let me just say this. If the Cubs manage to win the World Series, um, Madden will have a statue and will yep. never pay for another meal in Chicago. Never. They will rename the executive of the year award after Theo Epstein. Uh, and he'll have a statue, some fucking nerdy looking guy with a tie on out front in it as a statue. And he'll never pay for another meal in Chicago. And let's say John Lester wins the deciding game. I, he goes down in history. I'm sorry. He's I, to have pitched for the Red Sox and won a World Series. Granted, it wasn't the year that uh, they broke the curse. But he still played for a franchise that had an 86-year drought and won a couple World Series games. Um, in fact, won two World Series because he was there in 2013 when they won. Um, I just think uh, I, he's another guy. If he wins the side game, he, he's, he'll never pay for a meal. He's already not ever going to pay for a meal in Boston ever again. And uh, in Chicago, he'll be a legend there as well. So... I, on the one hand, I want to see the Red Sox pound the Cubs down and, and keep that streak going, make it 108 or 109 years. On the other hand, I'd like to see the Cubs win it. History. It would be history that you would be able to just watch. Yeah, because I know how I felt as a Red Sox fan. Granted, I didn't live through all 86 fucking years, but I saw 20 of them, and I saw a lot of hard luck losing, including the year before. And I know how it felt when the Red Sox won. And to think that I'm 20 years old and I'm seeing something my grandfather had to wait like 70 goddamn years for. It's amazing. So, for Cubs fans who are older than, say, 20, they've experienced not just a lot of of hard luck losing, say, in the playoffs. They've just seen a lot of losing. Because the Cubs have been sporadically good, you know, over the course of, say, the, even the last decade. You know, the, the year the Yankees beat the Red Sox in Game 7, uh, 2003, the Cubs also lost in heartbreaking fashion in the NLCS. And they've barely been competitive since then. So it's not like, okay, they've had a heartbreak after heartbreak in the postseason, They've just been flat out terrible. So to make the surprise run last year, if they get there this year and win it, I just I I can't imagine what that why well, I I can't imagine what it would be like for those fans, especially the ones that have been around since the curse of the goat, the curse of the Billy Goat in the forties mm-hmm. came about and and as a fan, to live 70 years or 80 years or in, in probably a few cases, 90 years and think you're not going to see your team win a World Series in your lifetime and you live to be almost 100. I guarantee you some of those people would die the next day. Yeah, I they think you right. They would just let go. I've seen the Cubbies win a World Series. I can die a happy person. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. You know, like I, I, I can see that happening. If... If the Cubs win the World Series, you're going to see a lot of old people in Chicago just flatline in the next few days. They're like, I'm good. Exactly. So, I, I on the one hand, I want to see the Red Sox 
win the World Series regardless of who it's against, even if it's Cubs. But on the other hand, I want to see the Cubs do it. So if the Red Sox, let's just say, if the Red Sox win 70 games this year, you're going to be rooting for the Cubs? Sure. If the Red Sox are out of it and have no shot at it, sure. I I would pull for the Cubs. Me too. I mean, not because of the Red Sox. You know what I mean. They're they're the lovable losers. Yeah, exactly. And you can root for them because they're the other league anyway, so you can still root for them. Right. So, like I said, as long as the Red Sox aren't in contention for the World Series, I'll root for the Cubs. Um, I decided I know what what uh, David Ortiz is going to do next year. Oh yeah, he's going to open a uh, <laughs> he's going to open a new um, quick serve uh, restaurant type place where they take uh, juices or um, um, fruit and vegetables and juice them. Aha! Uh-huh. You could call it juicers. Aha! Uh-huh. No. Look how hard I'm laughing. Ha ha. I ruined the punchline when I said juice early. Yeah. I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> you shot a little early. Yeah, I was so excited. I was like waiting for you to finish. I'm like, come on. I got this joke I'm trying to drop. Right. No. Uh, listen, there's mm. one test and it's still disputed to this day. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's one of like. Maybe one percent of the cases that the players union actually fought people over. So there's mm. nothing conclusive like say Alex Rodriguez doing it twice and yet somehow is still playing the game in chasing Barry Bonds record. They both are asterisks. Bonds Bonds and A Rod, I'm yeah. assuming you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Rod might as well use cork bats or some shit. Like be an actual cheater. <laughs> At, yeah, at this point, why not go for the, the yep. holy grail of cheating? Yep. You've already juiced twice. Yeah, use a quick uh, bat, bro. There was that whole slapping the ball incident in the 2004 ALCS, which is cheating. So, you, yeah, you might as well just turn to corking. What's that mean, slap the ball? I was, uh, it was uh, game six, I believe. Yeah, it was game six in the 2004 ALCS when the Red Sox were coming back down from down 3-0. Yeah. And uh, Bronson Arroyo was pitching in game six. And the Red Sox at the time were up 3-1. And he hit a slow dribbler to the pitcher. And Bronson Arroyo ran over and went to tag him. Oh, and he tried to smack it out of his glove? And he slapped his his forearm or his glove and knocked the ball out. And I don't. the ball went flying because he fucking smacked the shit out of it. That's, is that unsportsmanlike or is that actual cheating? That's actual cheating, yeah. Oh, that, see, um, that's so that's he like ran, the first thing I would do is try and smack it out of his hands when I got to the base. Sure. So he ran a second. I think a run scored, so it, w- it would have been 3-2. And this is like the bottom of the seventh to the bottom of the eighth, something like that. And it's it would have been 3-2, and he's standing on second with one out or something like that. And the first, I remember thinking, I remember clear as day thinking, fuck, here we go again. Because you, as a Sox fan, you've seen this. How many times you have the momentum and then just fuck some fucked up play happens and there it goes. The Yankees running off with it again. Is that one of those things where you like the manager gets kicked out because he's complaining that the guy slapped the ball? Well, here's what happened. So initially, A-Rod goes at second and Yankee Stadium is going nuts. And I'm thinking, fuck, the Red Sox are going to choke this away again. 
But on the other hand, I'm also thinking he slapped the ball. It was clear as day. They're not going to let him get away with that. They can't let him get away with that. He'll be out. The runner goes back to third or second or whatever. But on the other hand, I've grown up a Red Sox fan, so I've seen plenty of fuckery in my years. (laughs) Especially in Yankee Stadium. When it comes to the Yankees and Yankee Stadium and the the fruitcake fucking play-by-play guys are always talking about that Yankee Stadium mystique. And I'm thinking, they're really going to let them fuck us over like that. And so the <laughs> the umpires come back, and they rule that he slapped it out of his hand, which is actually against the rules. You can't do that. It's actual cheating. Yes. So they ruled him out, and the runner had to go back to second base where he started, and the next batter grounded out. So the Red Sox end up winning the game 3-1, to one, force game 7, beat the fuck out of the Yankees in game 7, and the rest is history. Go on and win the World Series, yada, yada, yada. Gotcha. So, um, so the, he yeah, does need to just use a corked bat. Just yeah, just it, or at least get, get it over with. Get caught with the one that he has. Yeah, cause I remember when Sammy Sosa got caught with the with the cork bat because it shattered and like you know everything went flying all over the field. <laughs> right, like if you're Sammy Sosa, the bat breaks open and all the fucking bouncy balls fall out, and you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I his, that's his not excuse, my bat. His excuse then was. He he has a few cork bats for batting practice, you know, to show for the fans, to show off. And um, must have got mixed in with the game it, bats. Yeah, and somehow it accidentally got mixed in with his game bats. That was the story. So I just Aaron, if he starts off slow, I say fuck it, just turn to corking. Because if you get caught, they're just gonna go, oh that A Rod, A Rod being A Rod. <laughs> oh shucks, nope, don't do that. You know that's against the rules. Yeah. Um, that's all I got for sports. You want to get into a little parenting? Yes, let's let's do a little parenting talk. We haven't done Some that parenting. in a while. I got two kids, and they're both still alive. Yeah, so we're doing something right, right? Yeah, one's four they're years not, old. They're not horribly disfigured or maimed or anything. Yeah, so. That's <laughs> pretty good. That's a sign of some uh He might be like emotionally disfigured. I don't know. Seems okay. Right? He'd be kind of an asshole sometimes, but I think that's all kids. Well, I think that runs in in his bloodline. So, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> is that, is that a, an inheritable trait? Yeah. Where would he get that kind of like stubbornness and awkwardness? That's so weird. Definitely not from his mother. Oh uh, no! What? No. <laughs> um, you we had a, a mutual friend of ours on Facebook who mentioned something about. Um, she was at the playground with her kids and there's other kids there and parents and this one parent took their child no I don't, we don't know all the facts that wasn't there yeah um climbed up the playground ladder with the kid like on her hip yeah and then cheered when they got to the top saying you did it yes and so then there's about 15 or 20 comments after that about the pussification of uh the next generation yes Nobody said pussification, but that's what it was about. That's basically what they were getting to. Um, you know, like the the whole participation medals and, uh, you know, n- nobody loses, nobody keeps score, everybody right. wins. Right. That whole thing. So I know, like, um, you are similar. We're, we're very similar in that fashion where, you know, I'm not going to just do it for my kid. Exactly. I will help him. I'll show him. Um, you know, maybe I'll do it for him once. Sure. 
Um, but then after that, you're on your own. Yeah, absolutely. You, you will triumph thing, and you will like, fail. Like when it comes when it comes to playgrounds and like the ladders climbing up the play place. Some of those ladders are a bit extravagant, a bit intricate. So I will be there behind him for support. So if he falls, he doesn't break his neck or he doesn't fall the right way and smash his face in. <laughs> right. And I've got to feed my three-year-old, you know, dinner through a straw. Yep, or break his teeth off. But that's it. I'm there for support. Let him climb it and figure it out on his own. You know, unless he gets to a point where, like, there's some playgrounds around here where you climb up the ladder and then you have to reach, like, four feet from the top rung over to the platform. Well, what fucking three-year-old's going to do that? <laughs> right. So I'll be there to, to hold his waist while he reaches out and would otherwise slip and fall and break his legs. But other than that, you're there for support. Now, I will coach him. Like, okay, but I'll move your other foot. Good, okay. Now take your hand, put it up there. Good job. Yeah, because you're showing him how to do it. Yep. Give him some coaching. Okay, good job. You did it. I can't do it. Okay, well, then you better get down if you can't do it. That's what yeah. I tell him. But it's like it's it's like the old saying, give a man a fish, he eats for one day. Teach yep. a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. You can do for your kid, and great, it's done, it's over with. Or you can show him how to do it, help him learn how to do it, and he can do it by himself. God, sometimes, parents, it can be frustrating watching your kid fail Yes. over and over. And it's something that you could do, you know, like that. Bang, yeah. And that's that's got to be the hardest part as a parent is not just saying, fucking move, let me do it. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's something that needs to be done. Yeah, they got to learn. Know? And, and uh, like we were saying, I was talking to you about before the show, uh, we had another mutual friend who posted something, posted a link to this article about helicopter parenting and how it's ruining a generation. And it's along the same lines. You know, it's it's parents who not just hover around their kid. You know, when they're in public places, it's people who can't let go and have to do everything for the kid. It's parents who, when their kid is struggling at school, they call the teacher and ask the teacher what the teacher's doing wrong. You know, and, and not getting to the bottom of, okay, how can we help my student? You know, just because your your kid struggles with a subject doesn't mean it's the teacher's fault. Take a look at your son or daughter. Take a look at your kid. Take a look at yourself. See how maybe you can help your, your kid understand it instead of assuming it's everybody else's fault. Because what you do then is you're, you're creating this, this vibe that they're never wrong, that, that they're, they're, their way is always right. What they're doing is always right. And that's dangerous because then you have a kid that has a sense of entitlement. Well, I don't get calculus, so the teacher's an asshole. Yeah, yep. That's not how it works. You know, and, and the point of this article was to say that when you do this for your kids, when you, when you, let's say you do your homework, do your kids' homework for them instead of letting them struggle through it and learn it themselves. Uh, when you do things, they, they were talking about like parents who sent in resumes for their kids and like held their kid's hand through the interview and all that stuff. What, what you're doing is you're setting your kid up for a massive failure when they're an adult and have to do things on their own because they, they don't develop the critical thinking. They don't develop the, the 
personality traits and the skills they need to be an adult and do things on their own. They're incapable of going out and getting a job by themselves because they don't know what to do. You've done it for them all their life. Yeah, I agree. I um, Even when we're, you know, when he's playing video games or something like that, there are some hard parts, you know, yeah. um, like the boss fights, for instance. Yes. You know, he's three or four years old, you know, and he's he's going to have a hard time, you know, trying to beat, you know, some of these bosses, you know, the Joker on, on Lego Batman or some of the puzzles and stuff. So, you know, he'll say, he'll look at, he'll get to the spot and he'll be like, I can't do it. I'll be like, you just got here. You didn't even fight the guy yet. Yeah. You, know, you didn't even try the, the boss yet. And he's like, I right. can't do it. And I'm like, okay, well, and you better turn it off. If you can't do it, I mean, you know, that's it. You got to the end. And he's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, okay, well, give it a shot, pal. You know, and after he dies like five or six times, you know, pass, me, pass me the You remote. help him figure it out. Let me show you the pattern. I was exactly. Like, you know, watch for him to to jump on that box. And when he jumps on that box, throw the batarang at him. Sure. He's like, oh, okay. And so then, you know, he's got it. And then I come back, you know, two or three days later, I come home from work, and he's I watch him beat it. Sure. You know, and it's 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 a pretty cool feeling, like, when he runs and says, I beat Robotnik. Yeah. Um, you know, even if it's only level one on <laughs> Sonic, it's, sometimes it's not easy, you know? Sure. Like, especially Sonic, you get your rings, and when your rings are gone, the turn's over. Yeah, but and, and see, when you do that, though, what you're teaching him is to look for clues, look for a pattern, look for yeah. habits, things that he can he can pick up on. And say, okay, when he does this, I can do that. Yep, exactly. Yep. When he's it, on the box, it, he's... Or that's when the he's, critical thinking thing. When he's up there hulking up, that's when you have to go around and build this little water cannon, you know? Yeah. So it is um, it is pretty cool to um, to watch them succeed and to fail, honestly. You know, failing, losing, you can't win them all. Sure. And that's part of the game. I remember <laughs> little Devin, my nephew, we were playing video games one time, and I guess he's used to winning... And we played uh, UFC, like whatever the UFC game was, you know, the EA one. Yeah. And I beat him, and he was upset. Sure. And I was, I looked at Justin, and I was like, oh, was I supposed to let him win? And Justin was like, hell no. Justin's my brother-in-law. Yeah. He's like, hell no. He's like, you know, the kid needs to learn how to lose. Sure. He's like, you know, he plays, he plays against the computer on easy <laughs> at home. You yeah. know, and then he comes over, and he plays, you know... Call of Duty, and I'm not good at Call of Duty, but when you play it on easy with bots that have AI level of, you know, kindergartners, sure, um, you're gonna win. You know, you're gonna have like 30 kills to, you know, one. Yeah, but you don't learn to right strategize or game plan for things unless you challenge yourself with it. Now the kid so, plays online and he works me. Yeah, so it's like it's if you're if you're letting him win because you know oh, he's ten years old and he's used to winning, what does he gain from that? He doesn't gain anything from that. Exactly, nothing. You know, you you throw the book at him, throw everything but the kitchen sink at him, and he learns to game plan and he learns to read what you do, what your habits are, what your tendencies are that he can exploit. Exactly. You know, he picks a guy like Chuck Liddell. Yep. And I pick like. Uh, uh, you know, like one of those Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys. Sure. And like, you know, we get into the fight and he tries to throw, you know, he tries to kick, do the head kick. Yeah. And you shoot in on him and take him to the ground. And he's like, oh, don't do that. And I'm like, no way, dude. You got the striker. I got to take him to the ground. Exactly. 
So, um, Finn recently got into YouTube. Yeah. YouTube is a scary place. <laughs> you know what I mean? No kidding. Like, there's some vile shit out there that apparently YouTube is fine with. Yeah. I mean, heaven forbid you play, you know, seals fly like an eagle as you film an eagle. Yeah. That's taken down, but it's f- totally fine to have, like, you know, uh, a, a bum fight. Yeah. <laughs> on, you know, on there, or like, a, you know, a train crash into a school bus. Sure. That's all fine. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a, <laughs> one of those, like, uh, moments, like, uh, probably some parenting I should be doing here. Right. Um, so what I, I did was I went and found, he likes watching those uh, video game streams. Yeah, you know, like PewDiePie where, and all that kind of where, dumb shit. Like where the dude talks over the the game yeah, and plays the game. Yeah. Some of them are awful. Like terrible. Well, yeah. Like they're cursing and they're making terrible, like not funny jokes. Not terrible like like cruel or crude, just like not funny. Yeah. Like I remember I, came, I walked in and he was watching one. It was a little kid, like, you know, six years old probably playing. And he was... He was uh, playing one of those, like, Steam games, like, one of the little cheap ones. And um, he was, like, he was going, skills, 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 every time he jumped. And yeah. Finn started saying it, and I was like, nope, turn it off. I was like, we're not doing that. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to have you walking around repeating this idiot. Nice. And he's like, what? And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, turn it off. So I found a couple, you know, like, I, I had to go through and watch them. And I found a couple that don't curse and that are, like, child-friendly, and they play, like, child-friendly games. <coughs> yeah. Um, so I marked them on the uh, subscriptions. And I was like, you can only watch the subscriptions. Right. I was like, you can't go to anything else. Don't do the recommended videos. Um, and then on my phone, did you know there's a YouTube Kids app? I... I think I might have seen that before. Yeah. I don't, it, it rings a bell, but I'm not entirely you familiar with their, it. They're best to filter out the burning kittens and the, you know, uh, turd pranks. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. Yep. Like you know, because he was he did he was watching one called Annoying Oranges. Yeah. And the the title is fine because they're oranges and also annoying. I think I've heard of that. It's I, bad. I may it's have actually good. seen some of that one. It's not funny. It's just not funny. Like, if it was legitimately funny, I would say go ahead and watch it. Sure. But it's, like, stupid. It's just a dumb talking orange. Right. And it's I picture a grown man making this video and making his voice high-pitched on his Apple computer. Yeah. And, you know, dubbing in his weird-looking mouth right. over, over an actual orange. I'm like, oh, it's just so creepy to me. Yeah, it's it's strange. Not it's much. strange the things people come up with. Like, oh, I'm right. going to have an orange and draw a fucking face on it and then talk. I'd much rather have him watch the Mormon kid play Goat Simulator. I'm good with that. Right. You know where I did see the, uh, now the annoying orange, now it rings a bell. Uh, we were at a Toys R Us, and they had a bunch of little fucking stuff like annoying orange and then whatever other characters there is on there. And annoying you squeeze Apple. them and they talk. Ugh. And it, it's dumb as shit. I'm like, this would be funny if it was actually funny. If it was actual jokes, but it's not. It's terrible. Yeah. It, and the videos, dude, have like 10 million views. Well, because it's just dumb people letting their dumb kids watch it. I think you're right. Because, you know, Finn will watch the same, like, Amazing Frog Game or Goat Simulator 
like three times. Sure. You and should th- have him watch that Frog Brothers video 20 from way video. back in the day. So I thought it was it's interesting. And he likes the – he does – you know, I also signed him up for the – like the, the guys who do the good – they don't curse. They say like, oh, my goodness, instead of like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, for the Twitch streams too because he said, you know, he's like saw an advertisement for Twitch. Oh, boy. And I was like, good grief. So hopefully I can get him into sports like he's into video games. They lay it on thick these days. They do, man. The advertisements. Like um, the Disney Infinity. Doesn't that look like a fun game? Sure. It's like 60 bucks, though. Mm-hmm. No, you're not going to find that one on, on Xbox Live for $5. Well, and the other one they have is like that Lego Dimensions. Uh-huh. And you have to buy like you have to buy different things for it, and basically you you like put it in certain places on this pad, and it like scans it in and puts it in the video game. Yep. But um, my boss got it, and he was like super excited about it, and he was like, "But every time it moves on the screen, like you have to move it." Oh, really? It, it's not like you just scan a piece in, and it like gets the graphic frame of that, and like scans in the image. Like if you do like the face thing for like EA Sports and stuff. Uh huh. You have to keep moving it. It's not like it scans in and then it moves. It gives it like some CGI frame and then that that moves on its own. So I could see how that would get aggravating. Sure. Especially when you have to pay a shitload of money for it and for like the new pieces and stuff. I would I would want to throw it out the window. But, so you know, there's that. Yeah. My, uh, my... My favorite thing these days to do, my favorite pastime, is chasing Ashlyn around, uh, telling her to get down off of things, because we spent one day, one day, around her cousin, who is four months older, and he's a climber, like, literally, he climbs all over everything, uh, climbs up on the bar stools, or, like, the high-top chairs to sit at the table, even though he shouldn't be, and... She spent one day around him, and now she's a climber. So we came home later that day, <laughs> and she used Bub's folding chair to step up onto, step up on the arm of it, and climb up on the recliner over, like, the armrest on the recliner. And then sit up there like, yeah, bitch, I got there. Uh, we got the little, the little plastic um, Fisher-Price uh, picnic table in our kitchen, in our living room, and... She likes to climb up on there and stand up on top of it with whatever food or drink or whatever in her hands and talk shit to you. And you tell her to get down and she looks at you with an angry face and says something. And I'm sure she's cursing my name, but it just sounds like dad, 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 dad. And then uh, the big thing for me, the little parkour ninja that she is, <laughs> Friday I was cooking dinner or getting there. Get, I was heating up some stuff, some leftovers for dinner for them. And she was like, she's hungry. And what she does is she goes over to her high chair and starts trying to climb up in her high chair. But she can't get up. And I told her to knock it off. So what she did is she came over to the stove where I was. And on the drawer underneath the oven, there's a little lip, obviously, where you would grab, you know, to pull the drawer out. Uh-huh. She steps up onto that with her feet hanging on by, you know, like her toes and grabs the handle of the oven and starts trying to climb up on that and reach up on the stove to grab her food. I'm like, listen, chill the fuck out. Go 
<laughs> Go in the other room. The food will be in there shortly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so that's our new thing is she wants to climb all over everything. But, you know, to a degree, we have to let it happen. Because, you know, like we, we were talking earlier with the helicopter parenting thing and, and letting them explore things and do it for themselves. Not only do you have to let them, you know, climb things for themselves and figure out how to do it, you have to let them fall. As long as they're not going to hurt themselves doing it. You know, they're not going to break a leg or break an arm. Uh-huh. If she's climbing up on the table and she falls off and lands on her butt, there's no big damage there. But she sees, oh, I can fall off of this. You know, so she pays more attention the next time she does it. We have the uh, the plastic slide in our house. It might be another Fisher pricing, I don't know. But um, for like the past month, she's been climbing up that by herself. And there's been a few times where she was sitting at the top fooling around and like leaned the wrong way and fell uh-huh. over the side of it. And it's like it freaks her out. But the next time she goes up, she's a little more attentive. Yeah. She's a little more careful when she gets to the top and goes to pull her feet back out from under her so she can slide. You know, because she knows, hey, last time I was being all cute and showing off and stuff and I fell over the side and it wasn't fun. So that's uh, that's our newest hobby is chasing her around and pulling her down from things she's not supposed to be climbing on. Yeah, uh, Archer's not there yet. He's Although he is taking you know, like two or three steps, and, but that's it. I mean, yeah. he's going to be like today or tomorrow. Sure. Well, and, and the thing with him, too, is is like you would look at it and go, well, he's a year old. Why isn't he walking already? But he was premature. So, he's I mean, for fat bastard for where he's at, I'd say he's doing pretty good. Yeah, he's fine. You know, so it, it'll be, I'm sure, anytime soon. But Finn, to, Finn didn't even really crawl, right? He just kind of went from scooting to... Walking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He went he went from, you know, scooting around and, you know, hobbling around to just full on walking like two days later. Yeah, just kinda skip the whole crawling yep. phase there. So and every kid's different. Cause then you got some some like um at Bub's first birthday party, he had uh Heather's one friend's son. I think you were still there for that part. He was I think uh, two months older. Yeah, because his birthday is our anniversary. So he's he's two months older than Bub. And his thing was he had one foot tucked underneath his butt and he used the other foot to scoot himself around. And, like, he was very efficient speed-wise doing that. Like, he was very fast at it. And then uh, he just wouldn't walk. Like, the, the capacity was there. Clearly he had some coordination, but he refused to walk. <laughs> and then finally, like, you know, two weeks after that, he finally started walking, you know, and, and she was asking us, well, what did you do with, with Billy? Cause he's a year old and he's already an expert cause he'd been walking since 10 months old. And it's like, we didn't really do anything. Yeah. They just he pick had, it up. He had to experience it. You know, he was holding on to things and then he would let go and take a step and he would freak out. Go, Holy shit. I'm not holding on to anything and drop. And then the next time he took a few more steps and a few more steps, the next thing you know he's wobbling around. Pretty cool. So Yeah, he's close. He'll be right there. That's good. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm not too I, I think about it's it. I think it's fun when they're they're hobbling around like a little drunk person. Yeah, for sure. So that is uh that's our show. 
That is our show. You have wait. You have a quote. I do have a quote, kind of along uh, our parenting line. Yeah, it's uh, Albert Einstein. At least according to this uh, photo meme quote thing, and it says, according to Einstein, the only source of knowledge is experience. So I I feel like books are kind of a source of knowledge, but I get the idea. Like the only way you're going to learn things is by doing them. Absolutely. So, uh, like you said, it's uh, along the lines of what we were talking about with parenting. Let your kids do things so they can learn them. It's fine don't, if they fail. Don't do everything for them. It's okay to help if they absolutely need it. If if they can't figure things out, it's okay to guide them. But don't do it all for you them. You don't need to helicopter over them. Right. Uh, let your kid climb the ladder by himself. Give him some support so he doesn't fall and break his neck. But don't climb the ladder for him. And then go, yay, you did it. Yay, here's the trophy. Exactly. So. Anyway. Thanks for listening. That's all we have. That's all we have for our show this week. Love. So, uh, Love you. By the time we record next week, we'll have opening day in the books. And we'll see who's going to be on pace to win the World Series. <laughs> right. Who's going to hit 152 home runs. Yeah, hey, Dustin Pedroia last year was on pace for uh, 324 home runs after opening day. That's awesome. I think he might have hit, like, 18. Okay, but, you know, he at one point, he was on he pace. He started off red hot, though. You know, so. Anyway. Thanks for listening. That's what we got. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Love you.